Why is it that I immediately thought of my biology teacher and my professor for my doctorate and also for my master's? Um, I thought, why? And I thought, it's because they gave me their time. It's because they mentored me. It's because they, um, my progress in that meet, those meetings together was their focus. Um, and they made me feel important enough to keep going. And clearly they've had probably two of the most significant people in my life on my two hands. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast, hosted by Andy Lapata, the show where Andy and his guests explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Andy Laparta. Thank you very much for joining me. My guest this week has been Dr. Linda Shaw. Listeners on Monday will have known there's been a bonus opportunity because we tried to live stream this interview and the technology failed us. So we had to start all over again uh, in, in a private room uh, to, to get rid of all of the technical issues we were having for, for people listening live. Uh, but we still ended up with a fantastic conversation. It's on the Monday podcast, so please do check that out if you get the chance. Uh, Linda joined me on Monday to talk all about neuroscience and help us understand the connection between uh, the the way we're programmed and the way our nervous systems work and how our emotional response to things drives relationships and how that all, all, all connects to being uh, a connected leader. Today, as is our norm. We are focusing on Linda's own relationships and own career. So we're going to talk about the relationships that impacted her positively, uh, those that didn't, and and also some books uh, and maybe other resources to recommend at the end. So, Dr. Linda Shaw, thank you very much for joining me again. You're very welcome, Andy. Thank you. So let's get straight into it. Uh, uh, we always ask our guests on the Thursday podcast to share a little bit about the relationships that have had the most positive impact on their career and why. Okay, if we're talking about professional relationships, um, and not in my in my personal life, and um, the professional, my very first person, I gave this a little bit of thought. The very first person that influenced me, you could say professionally, was my biology teacher at school. He was um, uh, uh, he was supposed to do the O level syllabus, O levels in those days, and um, he was he didn't. He was an, an ex nurse, and he would tell us stories of the body, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. And when I look back on him, those stories actually, I, it's interesting how I have become a neuroscientist, which is basically about the, the the biological underpinnings of how, you know, what is going on with our cognitive processes. So it's actually f- fascinating that those early days sort of set a path without me even realising it at the time or for many, many years. Um, the second person, again, through my from my professional life, is the professor who um, uh, over, who was my mentor and, and helped me with my PhD. His name was Professor Michael Wright, and he, incredibly brilliant man and very generous with his time. And I knew that I was in safe hands with him. And I analyzed these two people. I think, why, why is it that I immediately thought of my biology teacher and my professor for my doctorate and also for my master's? Um, I thought, why? And I thought, it's because they gave me their time. 
it's because they mentored me. It's because they, um, my progress in that meet, those meetings together was their focus. Um, and it, they made me feel important enough to keep going. And clearly they've had probably two of the uh, most significant people in my life on my two hands are those two people in terms of, of mapping out my career and where I went. Um, so, yeah, those two people. It's interesting how you analyse why, and it's because I think just that. They mentored me and they cared enough to give me their time and their focus. I, I think that that idea of people caring enough and, and, and focusing on you, I, I, I'd, I'd say a lot on this podcast um, that many people have shared how a, a former boss, and teachers have come up before as well, but, but very often it's a former boss has shown faith uh, in them and that's that's driven them forward. This is a spin on that. It's a slightly different angle on, on that same thing. It's about being outwardly focused on the success of their student in this case or their report in the case of a boss rather than be inwardly focused and am I doing my job well? And, and, and maybe there's something there that if you're outwardly focused on the other person's success, your success will follow. Uh, naturally, you know, and I think many of us that work with our clients feel that, you know, if, if if we help our clients and they succeed, then we're doing what we need. And, and it will be the same for a teaching professional. The other thing that struck me there was you're a, 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 a masterful communicator of a complicated topic. And I, I did not get on with sciences at school. I took one science at my O levels, I'm, I'm uh, of that age as well. And um, uh, I took one science at my O levels and that was because I had to. And I think I got an E. And I just wasn't interested because it was all taught as theory. And you said it was because he told stories. He ignored the curriculum and he told you stories and that captured your interest. And it's amazing how many science books I have read in recent years that have captured my imagination. And every time I've read those, I thought, why was science never taught like this when I was at school? Because if it had been, maybe I would have enjoyed it and got so much more out of it than I did. So I think there's a lesson there in terms of how we communicate complicated topics with other people uh, and the way we engage them through, through storytelling. Yeah, I, th I think that's right, because when I think back, when I first was in my senior school, we had a history teacher and we were talking, she was talking about the Byzantines and, and, and that, that era. Um, she salivated this era. She made it absolutely delicious with her enthusiasm and loving this era in history, this part of history. And the following year, I had a completely different history teacher for a different, different um, part of history. And it was like, Boring. I hated it. You know, I have to hate it. It was her. So it was. It, it was the stories, but it's also her. her the, the deliciousness that she brought to the topic. It was like, oh wow, yeah, I really want to know that. And you remembered it. Yeah. You remembered it because she was conveying her feelings of loving this so much. And I think that helpful. And of course, you can you can get that also with with a written word through a book as well, and how the author has written something. But yeah, I think you're right in terms of the way. The, the writings have changed over the years. It's got still factual, but people 
use stories and use their, well, what, I don't like to use the word passion, but I'm going to, is their passion for the topic. Yeah. I think it's fine to use the word passion. I mean, you talk about your history teacher. You've reminded of, uh, of mine at, uh, um, at school. So in, in junior school and in the early years of senior school, I was passionate about history. I was really interested. And then we had a new, uh, well, moved up a year, and, and I can't remember what year we were in, but our teacher, I remember being in a history class, and he sat on a desk with his feet on the chair, and he just started that's and he was he would tap his empty pipe waiting for the end of the lesson to fill it and and his nickname was dead fred uh which probably sums him up and i went from top of the class in history to the bottom uh because i just didn't pay any attention because i didn't know what to pay attention to and now i read a huge amount of history uh, and i have a passion for it and that, again, could have been cultivated and wasn't. So I think talking about your teachers is a really interesting angle. And that, that, that combination of storytelling and a, a, a passion in the topic and, and an outward focus on infusing your charges is a huge one and something that is, is transferable absolutely into, into any organisation. Yeah. Okay, so we've sort of mixed a bit of the positive and the negative there, but let's let's look at the and I don't like to say negative actually the the because it's it's not just about where relationships went wrong, it's about what you learnt from it that's important. It's nice to have some juicy stories sometimes for a podcast, but really it's about what you learnt from the experience. So, uh, when did relationships go wrong for you? Do you know what relationships go wrong? I believe, and in my experience, when we there has been a misunderstanding, when um, we have assumed they have doing their intentions were X Y Z or they did A B C, and we made an assumption based upon our habitual responses to that particular person, and so we have got this. Um, okay, as soon as they speak, they're going to say something, so we completely uh, no think we know what they're going to say next. So we've already got our response ready and we're going to, and it's, and, and it's, it goes wrong. It goes very badly wrong. And I think that's, that is a lack of understanding and a, and a poor communication. Um, when, when th we can't like everybody, let's be, let's be sensible about it, but we can, we can appreciate somebody and respect them as a human being. Um, so I think when it comes to when relationships go wrong, it is a case of misunderstanding and miscommunication. Um, for me, I can probably think of loads of times when that may have happened. Um, to, to actually give you a firm example now, I'm not so sure, but it's when I look at it, misunderstanding and misconceptions are the bottom line. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, fair, uh, a fair analysis. Um, you know, when I look at where I've, I've fallen out with people over the years, a lot of the time it will be misunderstanding and lack of communication to to build the bridges back again um you know which, which is a key part of it as well uh, and finally um some some resources that have inspired you on your journey books podcasts talks whatever it might be uh what have you got to share with us well, when people ask me, oh, please give me a book on neuroscience that you recommend, I can't help but say Oliver Sacks as an author. Oliver Sacks left, left this earth a, a couple of years ago now, maybe three or four years ago. I've lost track of time. Superb author. 
beautiful writer, writes very much um, uh, in a way that you want to read it. And one of my favourite books of his is Music Ophelia. Um, um, because he's all his work, he was an applied neuroscientist, so all of his work is was with patients and um, with um, various head injuries and, and things going wrong. So I would recommend that if you would, anybody would like to read something on neuroscience, you start with Oliver Sacks, great, great author. The most profound book of my life, which I think is the same for a lot of people in the English speaking community, is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Um, a phenomenal book. Absolutely. I devoured it with, I think it was in one sitting. I couldn't put it down. And it um, it, it changed my perspective in, hugely, absolutely hugely. So that was very influential on me. And the last one is something that you probably think, what are you on, Linda? How can you possibly say this? But this book is called All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And it's by Robert Fulgham, F-U-L-G-H-U-M. And that really did. Um, I read it many, many, many years ago. And it um, stayed with me. They're just some simple lessons that you learn in kindergarten that actually are there for all of your life. And I recommend that book. So they're the three. Fantastic. Just just on the, the Victor Frankl book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, it's come up before, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast as well, when it has come up. There's also Man's Search for Ultimate Meaning by Victor Frankl. And, and I bought that one by mistake, and it was a mistake. The, the, the original book, Man's Search for Meaning, I'm with you completely. It, it's up there as one of the most inspiring books I've ever read. And it's not just an inspiring story, but it's what he has done with it and what he shares as a result of it. Um, and it's a, it's a must read. It's phenomenal. Less so Man's Search for Ultimate Meaning, which is really a regurgitation of, of some speeches he gave um, and, and is not as inspirational, if I put it politely. And I just say that because it's very easy to stumble across the wrong one and buy it and be disappointed. And, and I would hate for that to happen because I think if you read the original, um, you will be inspired and you'll be moved by it as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I, I think there's, there's, it's really been interesting. I've, I've been looking at whether or not I carry on with the Thursday podcast. I'm probably not going to into next year, but not because of the lack of value in them, um, the amount of time involved, uh, you know, and putting everything together and so forth. But I must admit, when when you shared nuggets uh, like these, uh, you, you you saw the second question that. Um, so I'll, I'll carry on contemplating. And you you you've you've fought a corner for the Thursday short podcast. Um, so uh, thank you very much for doing that, and thank you for joining me this week. Thank you, Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thanks to Linda. As I mentioned, we've got one more Thursday podcast this year. I might make that the last of the regular short Thursday ones. There may be some guests where um, we go over and we do a bonus episode. Uh, if you do listen regularly to the Thursday podcast and not the Monday, particularly because of the shorter length, um, then you have a few weeks to reach out and lobby. Uh, and let me know um, andy at lopata l-o-p-a-t-a dot co dot uk uh, and tell me to keep it um, but I may well um, be looking at a slightly different format for the new year so we have one more Thursday podcast which will be uh, next week uh, we'll finish uh, for the year on December the 6th and then take a break 
from the Connected Leadership Podcast. Probably only our second break. We had a short one very early this year. Um, and I will give you a date when I'll be back in the new year as soon as I've decided when that's going to be. Um, but thank you very much for joining me and um, uh, join us again next week on the Connected Leadership Podcast and check out the archive in the meantime as well. Thank you for listening to the Connected Leadership Podcast. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and friends, share on social media, and post a review on the podcast channel you use to listen to it. And of course, join us again soon for another interesting interview and great Connected Leadership tips.